You're listening to the 123 Show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Tuesday afternoon. Let's turn to our very first uh, topic and guest of today. We're talking about young people and traditional Cantonese opera. And to chat about this, I'm really, really delighted to be joined by Rosalie, a graduate from the Cantonese Opera Youth Academy of the Chinese Artists Association of Hong Kong. Welcome to the program, Rose. Thank you so much for joining us. Hello. It's great to, to meet you. For our listeners who'd like to see Rose as well, uh, this afternoon we are uh, on Facebook Live, Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3. You'll be able to see and hear us. Uh, uh, so, Rose, perhaps let's start from, uh, for us to get to know you a little bit better. Tell us a little bit more about yourself. Okay. Hello, everyone. I'm Rose. I'm currently a PhD candidate in the Academy of Visual Arts in Baptist University. And I'm researching into how to recontextualize Cantonese opera in Hong Kong. So I'm also a Cantonese opera practitioner. I started learning Cantonese opera like 10 years ago. So now I'm a little bit experienced, but not a veteran yet. So I'm still learning and it's a long way to go. Yeah. Um, how did you sort of first get interested uh, in Cantonese opera? Actually, my mother really likes listening to Cantonese opera songs and then I listen to it like every day at home and then I started to look into the literature as well the lyrics how the melody evolves and I feel very connected with it somehow and I started singing Cantonese opera before learning to act and play on stage. Yeah um, how old were you when you sort of started performing or learning Cantonese opera? I'm 16, so I'm now 26, so almost a decade ago. Wow, that's sort of veteran in, in, in some industries. <laughs> and um, Not at all. <laughs> just the beginning, just the beginning. Um, right. Was it something that you were interested in because um, you were exposed to it from, from a young age? Or was it something that you, you also had an interest in? Or was it just you know, encouraged by your family as well? I think I was kind of exploring all the way. So throughout the 10 years uh, in my life, I actually started to learn more and more. And my family also supports it. So I felt like I had a lot of courage from them as well to continue this path. Yeah. Were there a lot of young people learning Cantonese opera with you? Yeah, it's actually a lot. So in the youth academy, I studied for four years. And then each year uh, for my cohort, it's like, around 10 person together and most of them were younger than me at the time so i was actually the eldest in the class so there's a lot of young people also um, learning with me and i felt like it's full of help to be a youth performer yeah um i, I apologize uh, uh rose I, I think there's a bit of um an interference um let me just uh play a quick trail and perhaps we'll return to um this interview uh with rosalie this afternoon sure. we're talking about uh, young people and traditional cantonese opera you ready to rewind tune in saturdays from noon to three right here on radio three for some classic Michael Lance bringing the past to the present. A little something for everyone. Guaranteed to take you back. And of course, some good old country. So join me for some classic Michael Lance. Saturday from noon to 3 on Radio 3. You can't touch this.
This is Peter Lewis. Join me every weekday morning after the 8 o'clock news for Money Talk with the latest business, finance and economic news from around the world to get you prepared for the business day. With Hong Kong's most experienced analysts, fund managers and economists, we bring you the latest news and best analysis as it happens. That's Money Talk, Monday to Friday, here on Radio 3. Welcome to The Common Room with Alison Howe, where you find inspiration. We are a youth organization empowering young people to reach their full potential in Hong Kong. Career Insight. I am a international chocolate judge and also international chocolate taster. And plenty of entertainment. Hello, Hong Kong. This is Luz Capaldi here. I'm Dua Lipa. Hello, everybody. We're Maroon 5. Stay tuned to Alison Howe. Hey, this is Lady Gaga. What's up, Hong Kong? This is Lau. Stay tuned to Alison Howe. Come and hang out with us in The Common Room. Weeknights at 9 on RCHK. Radio 3. Right, welcome back to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Tuesday afternoon. We're talking to Rosalie, who is a graduate from the Cantonese Opera Youth Academy of the Chinese Artists Association of Hong Kong. And we're talking about young people and traditional Cantonese opera. And just before the break, uh, uh, Rose, we were talking about there are a lot of young people actually interested in this art form. So what do you learn there? Are you learning sort of the traditional singing techniques, the performance techniques? Uh, talk us through some of the things that you, you learn in the academy. So actually in the academy is a comprehensive kind of um, training. So you got to train your singing vocal. You got to train um, actually your gestures, like somatic-wise, how do you use your body to express yourself in Cantonese opera. And then I think um, for the whole training, actually what I thought a lot about is repetition. For example, a lot of the plays in Cantonese opera actually in a repeated, repeated mode. So also training, you train a hundred times before you master wow. a gesture. I was thinking like, times. Wow. To get perfection. Kind of repetition. So why am I repeating this gesture over and over again? And how could I actually uh, deviate from that? Or how could I actually transform that? Because I'm also an artist. So I'm thinking in my contemporary art practice, how could I actually think about repetition? And how could I actually um, kind of internalize that tradition of Cantonese opera and also to transform it into an artwork? So I'm also now sitting in front of one of my artworks in which I actually... Um, yeah, meditate. you can show us. Yeah, I'd love for our listeners to, 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 to see yeah. that. Wow. Uh, and I'll let you see what I'm doing now in JCCAC, our zero gallery. So actually, this work, I actually reflect on my own experience of being a Cantonese opera performer and also this is like a, um, it's a little bit dim here a meditative corner oh wow in which I came here like every day a few times so actually I'm now also in one of my practice sections to reflect on my own practice wow we're talking to 
Oh. <laughs> it's almost very um it's almost very sort of uh it's a deep sort of practice because you're thinking about the physical aspects of it but also the emotional and connecting with the characters which are yeah. which is quite sort of um old-fashioned characters because these characters aren't modern characters um so oh. yeah so h- how do you research about the mannerisms of these characters that don't really exist in modern day anymore that that's quite tricky um, for example, um, I, actually the first performance that I performed was the Peony Pavilion. And then there was a 16-year-old girl um, in the Nansong Dynasty. And I was thinking, how could I actually think about the 16-year-old girl? In the Song what, Dynasty? What was she experiencing at that time in the Nansong Dynasty when women actually could only stay at home and doing nothing? And how she fell in love in a dream. And I was thinking uh, at the time when I first performed that play, I was 16 years old as well. So um, wow. I'm thinking how can they relate that to daily life? For example, um, if I fell in love with somebody if, or if I kind of um, was restricted in my home, like nowadays we are all working from home and we are not going out a lot uh, in terms of socializing. So how could that actually relate to the dynasty uh, in the nation like dynasty? How could I actually draw from that experience to perform on stage? Wow. That pulls me closer to being a person as well, not only a Cantonese opera performer. Yeah. Is Cantonese opera quite widely accessible here in Hong Kong? Is it something that, you know, uh, I, I mean, just looking back, it, it seems that Cantonese opera has made a, a lot of progress in the past couple of decades. I mean, the Hong Kong government, I mean, uh, has been investing in infrastructure, for example, you know, the Suchi Center in West Kowloon, one of the first infrastructures there. It seems like that there's the hardware. What about the software? Mm-hmm. I think um, the government and also a lot of uh, organizations here in Hong Kong, local, are actually trying very hard to um, popularize Cantonese opera. And I, I think it's a very important kind of effort and progress as well. And I felt like um, I'm optimistic about the development of Cantonese opera in Hong Kong, and I hope that more young people will join in this path of exploring this tradition, beautiful tradition of Cantonese opera. Absolutely. I mean, it's so exciting when you go to one of the live performances or when you see the performances, just the, the, the theatricals of it all, the costumes, the makeup and the acting is very subtle. Of course, the, the, the singing. Um, are young people these days attracted to this sort of medium? I'm just trying to think, you know, with the with the sort of uh, flashy media on Internet these days, um, how relevant is Cantonese opera in the digital age? In the digital age, actually, it's kind of hard to um, get people inside theatre to see the live shows. And I was thinking, um, a lot of the times we rely on digital media. For example, we see live performances online, but it's kind of hard because our attention span is so short now. Yeah. Like, like it's, it's long online in the digital age. And I was thinking, how could actually... Uh, Cantonese opera be transformed in a way online in which it could engage with young people and also the public as well because it might be hard to just stay inside the theatre although with its history uh, of proscenium uh, theatre stage, the screening but it could be hard if 
people do not understand, for example, the coast of Cantonese Sakura, a lot of them are unfurable, non-furable. A lot of them relies on the interaction between the audience and the performers. So I think um, if Cantonese Opera needs to develop and also relates to the age now, it must evolve. It must evolve. Uh, yeah, I think you're right on, on that front. At the same time, you want to keep the tradition. Part of the beauty is the traditional aspects of it. So if it evolves, then is it still a traditional art form? Or is it sort of traditional art form with new elements to engage and to court a, a new audience? How would that work? There have been a lot of controversies and debates over what is the kind of experimental Cantonese opera. Is it a theater? Is it a musical? Or even the question like, without the makeup, is it still Cantonese opera without the costumes? Oh, is it yeah, still wow. Cantonese opera? I think um, I'm in a way defending that. And I don't feel like um, the debates will stop us from developing or thinking about this traditional art form. And for now, I think a lot of efforts have been thinking about the nature of Cantonese opera instead of the form itself. For example, I think the question should not focus on whether the makeup, costumes, or um, the gestures are relevant to um, Cantonese opera, but rather what is this very historical kind of reference to um, the development of opera in its form now, and how do we actually take from there uh, the kind of symbolic or uh, non-verbal expressions and how we take the essence from that and try something new. Yeah. Well, Rose, I mean, how would you ex how would you define what's the difference between the nature and the form of Cantonese opera? So the nature of it is a traditional um, form, but then the form would include things like makeup. I mean, what, what's the difference between the nature and the form of it? The nature and the form actually relates to each other, so we cannot actually talk about it like separately. separately. Yeah, but the form relates to the nature all the way, so it's like an element in a big system. And for example, the makeup, the costumes, the gestures, the um, lyrics, or the vocal expression, all are part of that system. But there is an essence in that system which ties it to Cantonese opera. For example, why do you recognize the spirit of Cantonese opera player? Why is it different from other kind of genres of Sichu? For example, Peking opera. You could um, immediately kind of distinguish Peking opera from Cantonese opera. And why is that? And I think the questioning of the why actually contributes to answering what is the nature of Cantonese opera. Yeah, wow, that's very deep in, in, indeed. Finally, I mean, can uh, are you sort of a, a, an experimental person when it comes to Cantonese opera? I mean, can Cantonese opera be performed without the the exaggerated costumes or without the elaborate makeup? C can it be? And is it is that still Cantonese opera then? I think I would not term myself like an experience or. Uh, <laughs> experimental kind of uh, artist, but I'm trying to approach Cantonese opera from other perspectives. For example, a performance uh, last month that I did in Taipei, in JC Contemporary at Balcony. I actually put on the makeup for three hours nonstop without removing that. And then like in two and a half hours, you see my face really kick up yeah. and I could not put on any makeup anymore. So there was like only a gesture of preparing 
to go on stage, but never actually performing. And that relates to the um, my status over the past two years, in which I tried to prepare for performances or rehearse all the time, but they got cancelled, they are um, disturbed by social situations, and I felt like that was uh, emotionally attached to that kind of concept as well. So I think this is um, a more of a reflective process of what is a Cantonese opera performer or even what is liveness, what is a performer in the current age. Yeah. Wow, Rose, I learned so much from you uh, this afternoon. Can you remind our listeners, where can people sort of learn more about Cantonese opera? I think the best way to learn or to experience Cantonese opera would be going to theatres now. So when there are shows, go and watch them, experience them. When there are experimental kind of approaches to Cantonese opera, uh, don't be afraid to um, just go and see it live. Yeah. Your support is available to every performer in the Cantonese Opera cluster. Exactly. And there's a lot of young talent and sort of dedicating themselves, yourself included, Rose. I mean, you're a scholar um, as well as an artist uh, dedicating uh, your life to, to spread this uh, awareness for, for Cantonese opera. Once again, I'm really pleased to have met you and, and thank you so much for, for this great interview. And I hope our listeners can uh, reignite their love and their passion uh, for traditional Cantonese opera. Thank you so much once again to Rose Lee, who is a graduate from the Cantonese Opera Youth Academy of the Chinese Artists Association of Hong Kong. Thank you so much, Rose. Bye.